Welcome to China Manufacturing Decoded from Sophist, the podcast where we take you through the major news and topics facing importers and manufacturers in China and Asia today. Hi again, welcome to China Manufacturing Decoded. It's episode ninety-five, closing in on the hundredth, very very quickly. Adrian from the team here, and I'm joined, as I often am, by our CEO Renault. Renault, hi. Hi Adrian, and hi everybody. Yeah, hi everybody. So today, I think it's it's appropriate, and I mean, it, I, I suppose listeners would see it coming that we're going to mention what's going on in. Ukraine and in the context of the Ukraine crisis, do we also then think more about, you know, the globalization of supply chains and decoupling from certain countries? Russia, an obvious one, but China as well uh, has, you know, there's been a lot of media about decoupling from China in recent times. So, does what's going on in the Ukraine make us start to think about this topic? Once again, so I mean to kick off, Renault. Uh, you know your, your thoughts on on what's going on in the Ukraine. Well, obviously, um, pretty uh, tragic, and I think a lot of people have been riveted on on the news, right, for a, mm. a week now or, or more, thinking what mm. <laughs> what's going on here? They really waited until the end of the Olympics, and they. And 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 then finally they, they launched a full blown invasion. What's going on? And then what kind of reaction is, is happening from yeah basically the G seven? You know, I mean the all of EU now plus the US and Canada plus a bunch of other countries is just amazing. It's, it's totally it totally fraud me when I saw all these sanctions. It, mm. it and really, that's where, as an aside, that's where we see the the power of images and of critical people, you know, such as a leader. I mean, that Ukrainian president is is like a rock star, you know. Yeah. Everybody is um, is looking at him in in West at least, and and saying, "Wow, you know, I I don't want to ride. I want more ammunition." Blah blah blah. You know, and people are like, "Whoa, mm-hmm. you know, that guy's got guts," uh, and and. Yeah. And that, just that alone, is is having a tremendous effect on the behavior of other countries. And and without that, I'm not sure the sanctions would have been that strong. But just this government calling everybody for help and doing it so eloquently and, and with such dignity really just turn, I mean, not turn the the. the, the public opinion in Europe and, and North America, but but really um, added to, to the horror of the situation in, mm-hmm. you know, let's do something. Some people are resisting, you know, they, 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 mm-hmm. they're great. And, and, and how fast the situation has turned is just crazy. Like, just a bit over a week ago, many people were thinking, okay, they're doing some exercises, they're, they're just putting some pressure, you know, the Russian army is just putting some pressure. And then suddenly it's like, oh, they're going in, they're going at it. And then we see a map and oh, they're going for the whole country. Oh. Yeah. And then it went from it's going to be a blitzkrieg, they're gonna 
rip through everything, through all the differences, and they're going to grab Kiev, and it's going to be fast, very fast. You know, it's, it's going to be over very fast. From that to, oh, wait a minute. You know, they, they, they use whatever weapons they have, and, and they're resisting, and they're, they, they, they're still standing. And now it's, mm-hmm. it's more like a siege, or, you know, that's going to take maybe weeks or more. Right. So, and everybody's watching this and it's really riveted. And it's, yeah, what's really amazing. And I think everybody should take pose how fast Russia went from, you know, eh, I can't really trust these guys, but whatever. Yeah, they did something wrong with Crimea. Okay. So they have some sanctions, but actually, it doesn't really hurt them that much mm. to, I don't know, is it worse than Iran now? <laughs> it's maybe not as bad as Iran, but, but pretty bad, pretty close to that. Yeah, right? I, don't, I don't know. I think, I think they're, they're verging on sort of Iran slash North Korea territory at this right. point. Right. I, 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 I don't know if these sanctions are, you know, have any precedent because the the two biggest things that that have happened are number one there the the russian central bank uh the, about half of their reserves are sort of frozen so the mm. ruble is going down has been going down a lot already but they can't really defend it <laughs> and and that's going to b- bring a lot of inflation into the country among other troubles and then the, the the second thing is that more and more banks are going to be excluded from SWIFT. Um, yeah. And then the third thing that that I heard recently is that a lot of the actually in 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 most Western countries now, people don't want to buy oil or gas from Russia. Companies yeah. turn away from it, even though it trades at a what is it fifteen percent discount already, but people are not buying it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and of course, the, the the price of oil and gas from other places is, is going up and so on. Of course, that's going to have an, a huge impact on the economy. I, I, I see. I mean, the stock market hasn't really fallen or, or, or anything. It seems like nobody really knows what's coming. But wait a minute. That's, that's a major accident to international trade. And it's going to be a major, mm-hmm. major incident on the Russian economy, which imports you know import, imports a bunch of stuff and it is going to drive a lot of inflation and inflation was already kind of a, a worry it's getting higher than it's been since the early 80s already without that mm. so yeah so I, I think yeah people need to pay attention to this it's going to have a lasting impact i think and on on many counts on many counts so just so we've had COVID, then we get to 2022, and in right. the West, COVID restrictions start to get relaxed in many areas, and it looks like you know things are starting to improve, and then boom, war in Europe. I I, I can I can barely believe that I'm even saying it honestly because I'm in Europe and right. oh, just looking at it, we go around we go about our normal day in the UK, yet you've got a war going on, and it's almost macabre to. To, to see this on the news and just yeah i don't know i, I i'm 
I'm speechless and it, yeah. and and very very unhappy with everything. But uh, but yeah, that, that's that's where we are at the moment. I think I think your mention of the economy is important because I think first of all you've got the Russia situation. Anybody trading with Russia, there's going to be a big issue with doing that at the moment. And yeah. if if that's got to do with your supply chain or or if you're purchasing other things or selling stuff to Russia, of course massive problems now uh, until maybe things can turn a, a good corner. But from the energy perspective, I mean, energy costs, certainly in Europe, have already been going through the roof in most countries. And, you know, not having access to Russian, uh, you know, raw energy materials, gas, oil, is going to cause more trouble. So, from a but from a supply chain perspective, when we look at China, China are not going as far as condemning Russia, but they're also not approving of what's going on. But China aren't going to be, you know, suffering from a lack of energy and not being able to purchase the raw materials from Russia. As far as I'm aware, that's still going to go on, right? Well, so far the sanctions have purposefully kept energy out you know of all the, the the obstacles it's still possible to to buy energy from from russia and mm. well what's interesting is just just at just at the start of the olympics what is it a few weeks ago so russia and china said oh we have a a large um nearly all-encompassing sort of alliance military technology and so on and 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 we're building pipelines and we're going to sell a lot of gas to to china and this i think this is going to go on so in that sense i don't think the chinese economy is going to be impacted as long as the sanctions don't get don't get worse right i mean they could you know if things keep going the way they've been going I can't exclude anything now. So, hmm. you know, as as we're speaking, it it's yeah, right. So the, China might not be that impacted. Uh, they might be impacted, let's say, indirectly through lower consumption and so on in the West. Uh, yep. You know, less investment and so on. Now we're talking about China, but also when the price of logistics goes up. Uh, China exporters are suffering to an extent, um, mm. and it's and uh, because their customers are, are are suffering and in some cases purchasing less. Well, some experts, from what I saw today in uh, in, in in LinkedIn, say that the restrictions. So there's certain shipping lines like Maersk who say they're not going to serve uh, Russian ports anymore. Uh, I think. Yeah. Uh, there's some countries like the UK that say that they're not going to accept any Russian ships. I mean, that, there's a bunch of ships changing their um, their course, and there's going to be transshipment and then further use of containers just to finish the leg. I mean, that's going to be mm. a mess. Plus, what's happening obviously in um, in in the, the Black Sea and 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 so on. Um, mm. So. That might have an impact. That might lead to another crunch in um, 
the containers and and the availability of the ship. I read somewhere that there are predictions that a container is going to go up to over 30,000 US. Yeah, I mean, some people say it might go double or triple. Uh, the thing mm. is, we don't know. We don't know because there's there's no clear model about, you know, the impact of um, of all these changes. But our containers, you know, going to get cheaper and our, our ships going to get more plentiful and more available in uh, in 2022 it seems not right so no. that that's another bad news for 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 importers mm. and yeah one topic we wanted to, uh, to 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 mention is what's happening to russia is what a lot of americans wanted to see happen to china right mm-hmm. that's real decoupling short of a war that that's what it is that's what it means and well now it's been used against russia and it's sort of on the table you know so i i think china if if they were thinking of going for taiwan um mm. i don't think that's going to happen this year let's say it this way i think that they, they're going to postpone their plans well, let's let's hope so. Let's hope it never happens. Right. Let's hope it never happens because yeah, such a nice place there. So, in a sense, one could say that it should bring more stability. Uh, mm. That risk might go down. China might see that if they push their neighbors a little bit too much, there might be a big backlash. Mm. I don't know. I mean, so far, their strategy of going, you know, little by little, one artificial island at a time, you know, little by little by little, sending some 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 fishing ships <laughs> to, um, anyway, all the all the strategies that they've been pursuing have mm-hmm. have really been little by little, right? And 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 I think what's happening now is really comforting them in the idea that that's really the right strategy. Don't go for mm. a big, big grab, for sure. Because hey, if you're not lucky and there's like a, a hero coming out, and and even if you cut their internet connections and everything, well, they're still going to be served the internet by Elon Musk's company. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, a lot of countries might start to really hate you and might want to hit hit you back. And yeah, I think countries like Russia and China might be surprised to see oh you know europe and 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 the us and like all these old democracies actually you know they're kind of ready for a fight they, they kind of want want to pick a fight you know when when they see something they don't like and they place their values first before thinking of inflation and whatever economic impacts and yeah i i've been surprised by that and i think a lot of people have been surprised by that i think the west has was seen to be quite complacent after 80 years of peace and everyone mm-hmm. sitting around getting fat, you know, using Instagram nice. and and whatever. Uh, and I, I think war was probably very far from everybody's minds. And I, I pray that it doesn't escalate further, honestly. But but uh, yeah, the, the, the unification and quick movement of the West to really sanction and hit Russia hard has been a surprise. Hopefully it never comes to that with China. I'd like to think if we've learned anything through through this mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. other countries with, you know, issues, political issues will 
perhaps see that uh, using diplomacy is the way forward. Mm, yeah, so it seems I'm rather hopeful. It seems like Beijing is, you know, might act as sort of a, a middleman for negotiations to to bring Putin, yeah. Putin back to reason. It seems like it might mm. go that way. <laughs> a lot of people are hoping that they would yeah. do that. <laughs> let's um, let's see. But if if it pushes them to act as the you know the superpower and economic, military, mm. and 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 political superpower that, that they are, mm. the Chinese should start to really try to weigh in on that mm. and and act as a reasonable actor on the yeah. international scene. Let's see. Yeah, that that would be good for China, in my opinion, because yeah. in the West, I think there's a lot of ignorance about China. And I don't mean ignorance mm. in a negative way. I literally mean people don't know or understand much right. or anything about China. So mm. for China to step forward and and be sort of a responsible world player and take the lead in in calming down a situation which is terrible that would be that would be good and and that's the you know that's the sort of thing that uh, any country should try to do if they've got the ability so yeah i'd love to see that happen actually um hopefully it'll never come to the point where we need to do such a large scale decoupling from china to to be honest yeah Yeah. and now the question is yeah really like is the risk of seeing a strong decoupling, you know, strong and sudden decoupling from China. Is it higher or lower? I would say overall it's actually way higher. And I'm, I'm mm. kind of scared by that uh, because, I mean, people in the West are in a mood for it. They've done it and they, they kind of can't believe that, they, they, you know, they made it happen, I'm sure. Uh, a lot of people are incredulous. Whoa, we got a consensus on on that. It's happening. That's amazing. And mm. what I see is that the Europeans, especially in Central and Eastern Europe, you know, the general view of the value of Europe as a, as a block, as a political political block, has changed a lot in the past ten days. I think mm. a lot of people now look at Poland. I mean. They were, you know, a couple of months ago, still they were saying, oh, who cares about the EU and what they say, you know, our constitution first and blah, 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 and we don't really care. Whatever, okay, give us penalties, we don't care. You know, and Mm. now they're like, whoa, we really need uh, the EU. Um, Yeah. Right? Uh, And and same thing to a certain extent in, in, in some other countries. Well, Again, you know, is this going to make it more difficult for um, for China to have influence, strong influence on certain countries as they've had over the past few years? Uh, mm. Is there going to be more resistance or less resistance against, you know, punishing China when they do something wrong? I think there's going to be less resistance. And mm. as you know, China is tit for tat. You, you, you punish them on something and they find another way to punish you. Because they never want to be seen as losing in 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 anything. Yeah. They, they, they always, you know, they don't want the other party to have the the last word or anything. That's just their way, and that that also is is um is a bit scary, because things mm. could go down pretty fast, and I hope that 
yeah, I hope Beijing doesn't give any excuse to to the West to um, to go after them. It's mm. already a lot, you know, that the West here and there has, has picked on. We don't need to to go through it, but there's already a lot. Yeah, the, there is a lot. Although I do have my own misgivings about exactly how accurate everything in the press in the West is, because you know China and Russia as well. They are used as very convenient bogeymen a lot of the time. But nonetheless, yes, of course, there are definitely issues. Yeah, no, of course, yes, and uh, yeah, the Western media do deform things. That's hmm. also a risk. So, yeah, the world is okay. becoming a more dangerous place. Let's say it this way. So I suppose a lot of the advice that we've provided in in the last sort of couple of years or so since COVID came around and since we've been doing this thing, this this podcast, uh, mm. it still applies in this case as well. Then if you've got a supply chain in China or, or East Asia at the moment and we're in a quite unstable situation, mm. uh, just very, very quickly, what are the sorts of things that perhaps we should be thinking about? Well, <laughs> Look at potential alternatives for sourcing products. A lot of importers rely on China for ninety percent or a hundred of hundred percent of what they buy. Mm-hmm. Mm, well, you know, one way of putting it is to say, okay, we have one basket, and and the risk of that one basket getting crushed is low. And uh, you know, we focused on we focus on efficiency first. You know getting good cost and and, uh, and 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 keep going without having to do a lot of extra work and resetting our supply chain okay that's a strategy you have to to be aware obviously of the risk or you try to see okay where do we need to optimize the supply chain for efficiency you know going for for the lowest cost and and so on and that very often will pull you to china Especially if you, uh, yeah, so optimizing for efficiency, meaning you don't mind if it's long lead times. Uh, you don't mind if from time to time there's, there's, there's an issue with quality or delays or something. Uh, you don't mind if you cannot fly there and so on, right? Mm. Versus what kind of products or what, what kind of orders really require a lot of responsiveness. And then if you need very high responsiveness well try to make your products closer to market and when you add up all of the costs especially with the crazy price of the container cost and where it might go well you know it might not be very different from china sourcing now you might have to to hire a few people you know you might need to to take a few flights take some risks at the beginning you know build some relationships it can take a lot of time and you might mm. try in a place and it doesn't work and so on. You know, at least you should be thinking about it and you should be planning for something and try to to take some baby steps at least. That might not be a bad idea. And again, you know, if you go for alternatives, well, the alternative itself might be more risky. That is, uh, you know, so far, so far, China has been sort of a safe bet. If you look at the past 40 years, it's true. Mm. <laughs> it's been, mm. you know, it's been stable. It's been safe. It's been growing in capability and 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 so on and so forth. Really, uh, and I, I know someone who relocated a lot of furniture manufacturing to Ukraine, you know, over the past mm. few years, and now they must be thinking, oh well, 
one of these these efforts to relocate it away from China. We 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 should probably have kept everything there, or, you know, China and Vietnam or Indonesia or some places like that, right? So there's there's risk everywhere. There's risk everywhere. Um, or, some, or some of it. I mean, th- that story shows that maybe moving everything out of East Asia isn't isn't always the right play. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe let's say you your main market is the US. Moving things to Mexico is mm. probably not that high of a political risk at least, right? But mm-hmm. then you have to you have to learn, you know, about really a, a new way of doing things and and uh, of doing business and <laughs> qualifying people in their companies and and managing productions and so on. But it, it comes with a lot of benefits obviously very close to market you just mm. put the the cartons or the pallets into a truck and and you send it to your to, to the distribution centers close to your market that's great right mm. so mm. um yeah this is a very complicated topic i think um one could could write an entire book on on the pros and cons and <laughs> what to do oh, that that's something you can do in your spare time <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> okay yeah so diversification uh something to consider uh it's not new news but it's again relevant when we look at what's going on in ukraine and, and the effect this is having on the world and, and and on supply chains i think we'll leave it there renault but uh yeah thanks for your thoughts on what's going on and, and yeah helpful advice if you're sort of listening and thinking well could this be affecting my supply chain in the world or in china the answer is maybe it's an unstable time so it's something that we need to keep thinking about right very unstable yes mm, great okay well back next week as normal yeah thanks thanks everybody thanks again for listening to this podcast brought to you by the sophie's group We're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in Asia, including inspections, auditing, new product development support, contract manufacturing, 3PL warehousing and fulfillment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. Visit us at sofeast.com, that's S-O-F-E-A-S-T dot com, to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share because it will really help others discover us too.